We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. As usual, stay tuned to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes. And as usual, all of the show notes are over at theentrepreneurethos.com. As always, thanks for listening. Now, on to my guest for today, Carl Robinson, founder of Rumble Studio, which offers technology to help podcasters cut down on the time needed to make a show. Carl studied computer science in England and first worked as a management consultant, then moved to China to found a startup with a friend. They had success with one of their apps, but not so much with some of the other ones, right? Carl went back to being an employee and returned to school to pursue a master's degree in data science in France, where he still lives. While doing an internship for his studies, Carl started a podcast that focused on voice technology and AI. Though it was a lot of work, Carl acknowledges that all of the conversations he had with his guests had helped him to better understand the landscape of voice technology and the possibilities of AI. He combined this knowledge with a problem he identified— the amount of time and work it takes to put into creating a podcast. I know this, it's a lot of work, right? (laughs) When Carl was approached by an entrepreneur incubator, he jumped at the chance to develop the idea he had for making podcasts more efficient. He joined forces with his co-founder and they developed the technology that became Rumble Studio. This technology allows podcast hosts and their guests to have asynchronous conversation and provides a streamlined solution for recording, editing, and promoting the episode. We also talked about the potential for the technology has for helping companies obtain customer feedback, among other possibilities. Now, let's get better together. Carl Robinson, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here, Jerry. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, not a problem. I 
man, you, you guys are doing some great stuff over at Rumble Studio. You're the co-founder and CEO. You have your own podcast. Just to a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't know, a little bit of foreshadowing. Rumble Studios does podcast stuff <laughs> for those that are that they're like, should I really want to listen to this? If you're interested in podcasting and you want to do it quicker, better, faster, cheaper, yes, you should continue to listen to this. Um, but, you know, really excited to talk with you about it because podcasting space, even though it's a decade old, a lot of companies are trying to figure out how to use that as a media channel, especially a lot of B2B companies and most B2B company podcasts are boring, <laughs> boring with a capital B. Uh, and so I can't wait to dig into that and talk a little bit more about that. But before we get into all that, as I always like to say, tell us how you got to do what you're doing today. Sure. So um, where did I? Where can I start? Uh, I'm from the UK, as you can probably tell from, from my voice. I won't give you the entire life story. Um, studied uh, computer science because I always wanted to go into tech. Um, but uh, development wasn't for me. So I actually started my career as a management consultant. I worked across the UK in the north in London um, before I ended up uh, moving to China. Um, my friend uh, enticed me over there with the prospect of, of launching a startup in, in China where it was super cheap to live and really exciting, which it was. And it was a fantastic chapter of my life. Um, launched uh, two startups over there. One did quite well. There was a, an app, mobile app. We, we sold it. Another one didn't do so well, and we ended up spending all the money on it, long story short. Um, and uh, then I got a job as a product manager in, a, in an American startup over there, which was incredible, like probably the best job I've had. Learned a lot about what it's you know what it takes to actually be in a startup that's got you know some investment and a, and a proper team um but unfortunately that that one didn't succeed either um and so made my way back to europe after having met my wife over there uh did a data science master's in france um two years spent studying ai and uh, machine learning and all that um and while doing that um you have to do an internship so i was working in the lab working on uh, voice emotion transformation so actually building machine learning models to change the, the the tone and the emotion of the voice so that was what, how i got into voice really um and then while doing that it's quite a lonely job as you can imagine especially you know you got the intern status doesn't matter how old you are you know i was in. oh no oh no yeah you're the lowest of the low you uh, can yeah. be an 80 year old intern and they're like go fetch the coffee right absolutely <laughs> you just got to be prepared for that if you ever do go back to school you know like just that's it that's just the way it is um but you know you haven't got much responsibility either so um i decided to start a podcast at the same time so it'd be a good way to speak to everybody around me and uh elevate my status and a great thing to have on the CV before I start looking for a job. So um, did the podcast, interviewed a lot of, you know, researchers and stuff at IACAM, which is where I was doing my, my internship. Um, then started getting approached by businesses, you know, quickly it, it took off. Um, I was focused on the, the voice technology niche. And at the time, Amazon Alexa, uh, Google Assistant, all of these things were really, you know, picking up. There was a lot of hype around it. And really, I could see a lot of potential in the, the, the voice technology industry just from that. Uh, but the podcast really helped to develop my knowledge across a lot of different areas. You know, I spoke to startups, to researchers, to investors, to everyone right across the board. Uh, and it was superb, both for my personal network and for, for my knowledge of the space. Um, it also taught me, not, not only does everybody want to be on a podcast as a guest and talk about their own stuff, but <laughs> it, it taught me how much work goes into a podcast. And you know very well, I know we were talking about this before we, before we started this uh, this episode, but it's a huge amount of work. I was doing it every week. It was taking up my entire weekend. Um, and 
because I was working in voice technology, I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way. And that someone must have built a tool to fix this, right? It can't be this for everyone. It's just me, you know, I'm a newbie. This is, this is the way I'm doing it. So I looked online, you know, looking for some kind of SaaS tool that would help me out. And really there was, there was nothing, you know, there was live, live recording tools like Zoom, Squadcast. Uh, I don't think Riverside was around then, but um, Zencaster, CleanFeed, some of these, these were around. And then there were loads of tools to help you edit, uh, publish, you know, podcast hosting, monetize, promote, chop it up into little bits, make audiograms, all of this kind of stuff, this distribution level stuff existed. But really very, very little innovation uh, or help on the creation side. And I thought, wow, one, that looks like a gap in the market because it's a problem I've got. A lot of people must have it. And two, a lot of the um, voice technologies that I'm talking about on the podcast could really help to, to automate some of what I'm doing. You know, there's an opportunity to actually use some of this new technology to solve this problem that I've just identified. Um, and and so, yeah, like that was really where the, the idea came from. Couldn't find a solution for it. Um, took a, possibly a career misstep in that I worked, I then got a job as a data scientist in a, in a big company, again, <laughs> second time in my life. Uh, didn't really go that well. I mean, I thought I did all right, but um, they weren't that happy with <laughs> whatever oh, aspect it was of me. <laughs> you know, I I get that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's interesting when you find that one, and I'm, I'm saying this facetiously, right? like you're unmanageable mm-hmm. because you have more creativity than most of the people in an organization. And so you're saying, hey, why don't we do this? And they're just like status right. quo, total right, line. Right. And you're kind of like, you know what? That's not me. Yeah. And there's been many times in my career where that's been like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And and you you know, you got to be honest with yourself. Haven't yeah. you? It's not yeah, yeah. it's not a shortcoming. It's just that's what you're like. Well, it's it's so. just different, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you're more when you so I always say it's like the people that believe. So when someone comes with me with an idea and they're like, oh, this is my idea and I like it, I go, you yeah, know, I believe this will work. And they're like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? I go, I'm the first to believe. <laughs> and they're like, well, what does that really mean? And I go, well, I don't know if you can actually make it happen, but you got a shot. That is not the corporate attitude. <laughs> the corporate mm-hmm. attitude, as you know, way, way different. So yeah, I, I just can't get along with it. So yeah, so that was a, a bit of a, a misstep. But anyway, like it 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 taught you, it taught me what you know what it was that I didn't want to do again and reconfirm that, you know, my place was in a startup because I'd previous to that done the product manager job for 18 months and loved it. So I thought, right, that's that's where I want to be. And just out of pure chance, actually, I don't know how they found my name, but um, an, an incubator called Entrepreneur First um, contacted me on LinkedIn and said, hey, Kyle, you've got an interesting profile. Would you be interested in joining our program or coming to interview for it anyway? And I was like, yeah, definitely. Sounds great. Um, and they're unique in that you don't have to have a co-founder, a prototype, or even an idea, although I did have one, um, in order to join. Um, long story short, got into got into Entrepreneur First, met my co-founder, Joris Gary, who is a fantastic SaaS developer, machine learning, data scientist, award-winning PhD, you know, the whole shebang. And um, and uh pitched the idea for for this audio creation tool that I had. He liked it. We developed it, we did a lot of customer development, fleshed it out, um, and then pitched it to Entrepreneur First, and they were the first ones to invest in us. And that's really how Rumble got started. Wow. How long mm. ago was that? So I met Joris April 2020, and we got the first investment in September 2020, where we oh. uh, uh, incorporated the company. Uh, and then since then, we've done our very best to give away as little equity as possible, get as many um, 
you take advantage of as many startup schemes as as we can. And in Europe, there are a lot. It really surprised me actually, like how many government funded schemes there are to give you non-dilutive funding, to lend you money on very favorable terms. It's so <laughs> funny that you use scheme because I know that's like a non-derogatory word in Europe, but here it's like, oh, someone's like being nefarious. Ah, uh, yeah, no scheming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ske- yeah, that's the thing in the UK that I, I remember someone say, oh yeah, well, there's this scheme and that scheme. I'm like, isn't that mm. bad? And they're like, oh no, no, this is what we call it. And I'm like, noted. And it is interesting that uh, there is not a ton of, uh, you know, like there's all those things in Europe trying to like encourage entrepreneurship because there's not mm. a ton of that here in the US, I mean, of course, there's more angel investment infrastructure. There's a ton of infrastructure already, right, right. but the government actually getting involved, unless you're doing a grant or a DARPA or a SBIR or whatever, I'm not, whatever, not what do they call it. Yeah, DARPA grant. There's some, but it's a lot. It's not like the government sets up an incubator and says, hey, come on board, you know. Mm. Hard, hard to, it's whatever for whatever reason it's more difficult to do here, and I think it's because there's a huge amount of infrastructure already for venture. I mean, yeah, that's it. It's, I mean, in, in the US, so I look at the valuations over there. I look at the ease at which startups raise seed rounds with you know barely an idea on a napkin, you know, and you're like, um, in it, Europe, you really need a lot to get money out of an investor. It, it, so yeah, so it used to be in the 2000s. Like this is dating me mm. a bit. But we used to say, if you had uh, 14 slides in your PowerPoint deck and it said internet on it, here's a million bucks go build. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, you know, 20, 22 years ago. So that was a lot, lot, long time mm. ago. But still, like, that's the equivalent of having crypto on it or blockchain or NFT, I mean, or fintech. Like, yeah. they yeah. just go insanely crazy. Mm-hmm. So... And nowadays, hopefully, podcast. I see that's definitely on the app. At least people are getting more and more in, into audio. So we, we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think you're right. I mean, and it's interesting. I I'd like to just if you could just briefly go over what Rumble Studio does. I mean, I've looked at some of the the um, your online stuff, but I I'm curious because you know you claim, which I love when people claim orders of magnitude type things mm-hmm. that you could you know be 10x more efficient or 10x quicker. And from my perspective, of course, being a host, and I'm almost on my 200th episode, it's a lot of work that a lot of people don't fully appreciate. So anytime someone can save time and effort, I'm just super fascinated how you do it and kind of what your philosophy, of course, using all these AI and ML stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So you you hit the nail on the head. Podcasting is a lot of work. Um, It's... uh, a lot of steps. The reason it's a lot of work is there's a lot of steps to go through every time. You know, you have to plan the episode. You have to find a guest. You know, first of all, you have to write the questions, research the guest. Um, you have to schedule time with them, and often guests don't turn up, so you have to reschedule. You have to um, run the interview as we're doing now. It's a minimum sort of half an hour, forty minutes. On, on my side, I was doing an hour, hour and a half. You know, recording. Then you have to edit. So you have to listen to that all over again. Cut that down to whatever time that you want. That requires more skills, more tools, more time. Um, and then once you've got that precious MP3 that you're going to put online, you have to host it, write the show notes, you have to promote it, do all the graphics, you have to cut it up into little audiograms, you have to tell everyone about it, write an email, write, do a blog post. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, I think novice podcasters just don't realize that. They just think, grab a mic, press record, publish. And it's definitely... Yeah, not. I literally 
yeah, I have to do all of that. Some of it I don't even do, like the oh, audiograms. Yeah. I'm so bad. Well, you can't do it all. <laughs> or you outsource it, right? You get a team to do it, and then it's like, how am I going to pay that team? Well, and, and yeah. Well, yeah. And it becomes like, a business. <laughs> well, well, and, you know, it just depends on what you want for your podcast. Like business mm. podcast is an example. So brand builds a podcast to educate, you know, basically educate their audience on what they do. Yeah. I mean, you look at all the kind of branded podcasts from companies, you know, they're once a month, maybe if that, you know, completely random, yeah. not enough to build traction. Yeah, right? totally. Totally. It's got to, you got to be frequent. You got to be consistent. You got to build a habit in your audience. They got to see you coming out with new content. And they're going to listen to every one of your episodes as well. You know, there's a huge choice out of there. So, you know, you have to be putting out stuff that interests each of the target segments in, of your audience. So you have to put out quite a lot. Um, and I think, I mean, as long as you can maintain quality, the more the better, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I um, remember when I was first starting mine, I'm on the Blue Wire Network, which is started out as a sports podcasting network. Now I think it's more than that. I, it mm-hmm. gets, it's getting just bigger and bigger. I'm sort of off my own little island. But the founder, uh, Kevin Jones, who's this founder and CEO, he's like, look, I said, Hey, I'm going to start a show. He's like, okay, I'm going to give you some advice and you have to absolutely take my advice. If you don't, you're going to fail. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> He's like, record five episodes before you publish anything. Oh yeah. Good advice. Commit, commit to at least one a week for a year. Don't like, and, and don't look at any numbers. Don't look at any, just commit to that. If you can do mm. that, then you then you've got a shot, and I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And don't worry about the numbers. You know, you're in a business podcast. You're not going to get these millions. You're not going to get Joe Rogan numbers. You're not going to get all these. You know, you may at one point, but you're you know, understand what it's for, right? And yeah. I didn't know this until recently or a couple of months ago when I had my old my PR and marketing firm. I was literally thought, oh, I had the epiphany, which is silly, right? I should be using this to do biz development and talk to people that I'm interested in and see what's going on because I had the perfect venue for it. And if you, if you have that, like get the intent, right? So yeah, I, this totally resonates with me. I can't, can't wait to hear how you make it faster. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, first of all, completely agree hundred percent with everything. you got some good advice. I think most podcasters don't get that advice when they start, which is a, a real shame. Um, I wanted to, just add that we've got uh, i've just done a, a workshop um about all of this stuff where i cool. just go from beginning to end on the entire process including a lot of the lessons you know that i've learned by doing it myself with a couple of templates as well that you can fill in which includes the triangle of purpose i actually stole that from uh esprit devora um because uh you really do need to figure out like why why are you doing it why would your guests come on the show and why would your audience listen you got to start with that then you can go on to you know the nuts and bolts of what the show's about and who you're going to interview and all the rest of it. But there's a long process. Uh, it's all in that workshop. You can check it out at rumble.studio slash workshop. Um, so how Rumble Studio solves this uh, intractable problem anyway, it's uh, essentially we, we, we reinvent the way that you create audio. Um, Rumble Studio uses asynchronous interviews. So instead of doing live interviews like this, one at a time, very linear, not at all scalable, um, we actually offer a, a system where you write the questions up front, put them into Rumble Studio. Uh, you create essentially an interview, a bit like a type form or a Google form. Um, and then 
you can record your audio as, uh, as the questions as well. You can leave them as text. It's up to you. Uh, we're actually adding the feature now that you can add video so that your, you know, your guests will be able to see you ask the questions. Um, and then you can add uh, requests for the guests to do certain things like record audio in response, record um, text, upload images, upload videos, um, answer multiple choice questions, take a variety of other actions like call to action and, and all these kinds of things in response to your questions or uh, or commands. Um, and then you get a, a single link for that interview that you've created. Um, you can customize the interview, you can brand it, you know, you can put all your brand colors, your logo and everything else on that. You can white label it if you're an agency, for example. And then you get that single link and you share it out. And you can share it to an individual if you just want to interview one person. Uh, you can share it to, you know, a few friends over Instant Messenger, or you can share it with the world. You can tweet it out, stick it on Facebook, wherever you want. And everyone who clicks that link will get their own copy of the interview. They don't hear each other's answers. They go through and they're interviewed as if they were in a, a live podcast, so to speak. They hear the question, they record their answer. They can re-record their answer if they make a mistake. They can think about what they're going to say before they hit record. Um, and then they progress through the uh, the interview like that. Uh, when you get uh -huh. that audio back, um, you can review it with the transcripts we give you. So you don't have to listen to everything. You can imagine you could get quite a lot of audio this way. A lot of people yeah. can, uh, can respond. You can quickly scan read it um, with the transcripts available. You can pick the bits that you like, and then you can assemble them into a mix with our drag and drop mix, a mix feature. Um, so you might have your question and then three answers, answers from the best three guests who gave the best answers. And you might have another question, another two answers, then a jingle and then an ad, for example. So you can upload your own stuff, uh, pre-recorded audio. You can record directly into the tool as well, obviously. Um, and then uh, you can export that. And in the export, you get both all of the raw files. So if you want to do a custom, you want to just throw those over to your audio editor and let them deal with the, you know, the full custom edit, that's fine. But we also give you a merged file in MP3 where we've done uh, as much as we can the um, the automatic processing. So we remove the silence, level the volume, uh, merge, stick everything together into one file, basically. And for simple interviews, that's ready to publish. Um, of course, you can do a, a final edit on that as well if you want. Uh, a feature that we haven't released yet, but is coming soon, is hosting. Because once you've got that file, then you'd have to go off and find um, a separate podcast host. And we yep. currently we use Omni Studio. Mm. But at some point, you'll be able to just click a button and, and off it goes. Uh, you know, you get an RSS feed automatically submitted to podcast directories like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and you'll have a podcast online all in one tool, end to end, no faff. Wow. <laughs> All I can say is, wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I, it, well, what's interesting is, you know, we had talked about before and anyone that ever listens to the show, um, they know this. I really only have one question <laughs> and I sort of like interact, like we're having coffee. That's sort of the vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me that this may or may not be the best right way to go, but big, but I always like the, but like, it's always that, but Boy, I could see some huge value in different types of shows, formats. I mean, especially for B, honestly, for B2B folks, where right. you're like, hey, hey, at your leisure, fill this out and then we'll splice it together, right? Because one of the biggest challenges of getting like executives on a show, especially in big corporate, is their scheduling, like, especially if they're all over the world. Completely. And how cool would that be to be able to just, I, I love this idea. This is so interesting. I never would have thought of it this way. Right. Cause. Mm. Hmm. I wonder if you could. Hmm. hmm. 
Okay. And, it, and it's interesting what you say. You never would have thought of it this way because I feel like that—that that is podcasting or the podcast community in a nutshell is that, I mean, podcasting hasn't been around for that long, what, 20 years or so, but yeah. people have a very fixed idea of what a podcast is. Whereas if you think about it, podcasts can be a lot of different things. You know, it's on-demand yeah. audio. It could be news. It can be music. It can be a round table. It can be a solo. It could be a narrative. It can be fiction. There are a lot of different podcast formats already. And yet people have a very fixed idea that it's two people speaking to each other live, like we're doing right now. Like this is a podcast or all those other formats. That's just, that's just audio, right? You know, that's just a, what is that? It's just a recording, but you know, we're challenging that because, you know, I, I really believe in a future where we can automate a lot of conversations and that conversations between humans and machines will be as interesting both to have and to also listen to yeah. uh, as, you, you know, conversations between two, two humans today. And that's really the vision for Rumble Studio, which I haven't gone into yet, but this is why our CTO is a PhD in data science and we're hiring data scientists and we have research grant from the French government is to build a system that, first of all, you set the questions and you get the, the first answer from the guest, but in real time at client side, it listens to what the guest says, analyzes it, and then follows up with a dynamically generated response in real time. So really? that could, yeah, really. So that could be really? a, a, another question to say, I, oh, you, you, you don't know, need me anymore. <laughs> you don't need me anymore. Yeah. But I mean, don't get, don't get scared of no, it. I, I, mean, these, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Th these conversations often go, oh, AI is scary, isn't it? But you think of the possibilities. I, I love the optimism and, you know, what can you do with that? Yeah. What, what about if you've got a, you know, a clone of your voice speaking in the, the way that you speak and that you can now multiply your podcasting efforts, you know, thousandfold you can have multiple simultaneous conversations with people around the world yeah um and not just in your language in other languages as well <laughs> that's I mean, yeah it, I, you know it's interesting i was i was someone was showing me the dolly the dolly dolly three the one that does the images where you type in a word and then it generates images. oh yeah dolly yeah 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 and i just so, tried another one called mid journey that's uh i checked that out as well yeah it's interesting so someone yesterday guys here at, at the office it's like, hey, have you seen this Dolly thing? And I'm like, I've heard of it. I've seen it on Twitter, but I don't, like, what do I know? Mm. He's like, oh, I'll just show you what I've been doing. And then I'm like, wow. I mean, the audio stuff, as an example, like uh, they have some AI generated, like you can write copy, like yeah. Jasper.ai is a good example, where, which I yeah. actually have a license for. <clears throat> and I play around with it because I love the fact that it, it's, I don't worry about it taking my job, quote unquote. I use it to generate ideas and mm -hmm. to set the framework, because again, it, when you think about it, to your point, you know, you look at all the repetition and what you do, where's the creativity? The creativity is like 20 to 30% of what you do. Oh, if that, the, rest yeah. of, the rest of it, the 70 to 80% is just like process framework. It's the same exact stuff. Like all the stuff you mentioned about pulling, it's, it's, it's really the creativity and the content or the, 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 the conversation, but I was so impressed, but I'm like, wow, I wonder what designers think of this. And I, and I was like, I, you know what, this is just an enhancer. I always think of all this AI stuff as an enhancer. I don't yeah. necessarily think it'll replace someone's job. I just think it'll make you do your job better. Yeah. It can make you do, do your job better. It can make you do your job a little bit differently, but I don't think it's going to kick you out of a job anytime soon. And, and honestly, do a course on AI, learn the basics. It will reassure you that AI is not at the level yet that it's going to replace no. you anytime soon. And no, it can look magical, but you know, it's it, it's funny. You're you're so right. I have a friend that dug into AI and machine learning, and sort of, I said, "Hey, man, can you explain?" I, I had no idea, and he's just like, "Yeah, well, here's the mark. He built this market map, 
and it is complicated and, and all this stuff. And I go, so where are we at? And he's like, oh yeah, we're kind of low down on the curve. If you were looking <laughs> at the Gartner hype curve, we're oh, sort yeah. of on the, the, the hype we're on the, uh, exceed some expectation. I don't remember where he was. It, it was like mm. we're at Mac peak hype or something. And he's like, look, we're going to go through the trough and then there's going to be real good things that come out of it. And I go, well, what is AI really being used for right now? in machine learning again, AI machine learning, everyone has it in their name, but they really, isn't it just like an algorithm, right? And, and he's like, well, the one thing that a lot of people are looking at using AI for specifically is fraud detection. Hmm. because fraud it's like repetitive things that are in and it's hard for a human to scale but you know all these other things like creating the next great novel or whatever he's like yeah don't worry about it yeah you got some smart friends yeah (laughs) i try (laughs) well i try to put more smarter smarter than me for sure right because you know i think a lot of the things that you know we as entrepreneurs and i'd love your thoughts on this too is we process a lot of information and we see the gaps, like you mentioned, like mm. you saw a gap, you saw this, like, wow, hold on, there's a gap. Yeah, yeah. That thought process is the heart of what we do. And I'm curious if you think that way too. Uh, absolutely. And it's, it's funny, actually, you know, you were, you, you were asking me before, you know, like the, the advice that I would give to, to entrepreneurs, that, that is exactly it. And that's really what I felt was transformational in my journey as well. Was it started, I guess it started right at the beginning of my career. You know, it's, it's about having a curious mind and, and always be learning. You know, that's that's been in my nature from the start. But doing the podcast uh, has helped me acquire a lot of knowledge in a particular domain very quickly from a wide variety of experts um, in a conversational manner. You know, I have access to these people. I can speak to them in depth for like an hour, um, which has been amazing. And so I really had a good idea of both the the market uh, of voice technology and and what the technology was capable of today and where it was going, especially after I did did the podcast for you know a couple of years or more, you could see the evolution of the the tech and how fast it was evolving, and so there was no doubt in my mind that this tech is going to be just incredible five years from now, just unrecognizable. The quality of the synthetic voices, the ability of natural language understanding to like pick out the meaning, the the text processing side of things, the speech recognition the ubiquity of the devices that are able to bring this technology to users everywhere they are at every time of their day. Um, all of this stuff was just converging. And it's ha- it's about having that full model of both the market, the need, and the technology that's able to or will soon be able to satisfy that need. Uh, and I would say that is the number one thing uh, for an entrepreneur. You have to just be able to see a little bit further into the future than the current discussion, you know, if you ask, if you speak to the experts, they know it. You know that it's not, it's not, uh, that it's, it's no stranger to them. They can see what's coming, but most people won't. So you can't just read the the press like and and get an idea of what's going on. They're talking about what's happened today or you know yesterday. Yeah, have an eye on the future. Yeah, I think that's to your point about having smart friends. I think that's the reason why hubs of entrepreneurship are so popular. I mean, I don't know if you could ever reproduce Silicon Valley because obviously it's the people and everyone Mm. says, well, you could do a remote and to a certain degree you can. And that's why we were talking a little bit uh, before about Europe having all of these schemes (laughs) to help (laughs) entrepreneurs and government money to pull that in. Well, they're trying to build what you mentioned about having smart people around you that I've always found. And again, I'd love your thoughts on this. It's the intersection of where things come together you may not have under total. I mean, like when you were talking about yep. what you guys are doing, like I never would have done. I'm, I, it's just, 
it's the intersection and the future. I mean, what yeah. do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, the essence of creativity, isn't it? I don't know if we're inventing everything from scratch. We're always standing on the, sh- the shoulders of the people that came before us. You know, I didn't invent you know, speech recognition or synthetic voices or or podcasting. But, you know, if you're doing a podcast about all these technologies, at some point, you'll have the idea, maybe you can combine the two. And, you know, if you're that way inclined that you want to actually do something about it, because maybe I wasn't the first one to think of it, but I was one of the first ones to act on it, at least um then uh then great things can happen and i definitely th- think that you need to take a chance you need to do things that are not comfortable things that you're not sure will succeed you have to take a risk with entrepreneurship because for me an entrepreneur is someone who who tries to bring something new into the world to create you know a, a step change in the way things currently are the status quo you can't just be looking for these incremental improvements and a lot of apps you see out there they're just a little you know variation on a theme or they're just a copycat that's just uh that is a, a poor strategy in my opinion you have to try something truly innovative and just have the guts to do it yeah no i agree i agree i think that's the difference between the sort of side hustle growth hacker slash i mean i i don't get me wrong like you, i don't think you want to like put your entire life into something that you may or may not be able to do i mean that's that's a leap of faith and i also think that you know you should play around a little bit until you actually feel comfortable, but you're totally right. You know, big change, big innovation happens when you push outside that comfort zone to the point, like you are on the edge and you're looking over the abyss and you're like, I wonder if this is going to work Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because, oh man, that's a pretty long, that's a huge drop. (laughs) I fall off this man. It's going (laughs) to hurt. Right. So, so fascinating. So where do you see like AI machine learning? I mean, you mentioned a couple of things about what you guys are doing at Rumble. Okay. You've got a list of questions. AI listens to it and then asks to follow up, which is, I mean, super cool. I mean, that's a little scary too. It was funny. I interviewed someone from fathom.video the other day, uh, founder, and uh, they have a, a plugin for Zoom where you'll do transcripts and then you can like, you can put, you can say, Oh, that's an action item. And it, you click on it and it'll record it and it does the transcription. And it all. so his, his, the thing that he was trying to solve was gosh, I'm doing all these customer interviews. And I, I just, I forget or the notes, I can't get the notes. Right. Mm. And it sounds like you guys have a similar engine. Like at, if, as an example, if we were on your platform right now, there'd be transcripts or, or, or actually maybe I'm wrong. Can you do live interviews like we're doing on your platform? No, it's, no. Uh, it's purely okay. asynchronous. Yeah. Okay. But, Interesting. So the transcripts are generated just after the, the segments are uploaded. Um, we don't have summarization yet, although I know that technology is getting much, much better and that would be great for show notes, for example, or oh, yeah. everything else insights. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the tools that I play around with, it's a machine learning tool called monkey learn. Uh, and I know about it because they were at 500 startups with me, batch 14. I mean, oh, back yeah. in the day, this is a long, <laughs> I think this mm. was like 2014. That's how long ago it was, right? Okay. <laughs> and they're still kicking around. And what's cool is I, I use, I just play around that. I don't know much about it, but yeah, like the sum, their summarizer tools. And there's really a lot like that, I think is the, the big thing for machine learning is I this massive pipe of data, right? Mm. Tell me what it means. What's the actionable insight? 
how can I reduce the amount of things I'm looking at? And that, yeah, for what you're doing. So, oh, wow. So it's, so it's, so we would never be able to talk like this on your platform. No, this is no, but maybe one day you'll be able to talk like this with the virtual version of me. Oh, like an avatar. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So this is, that's the next step, isn't it? So you'll hear my voice in the same intonation, asking the same type of questions that I ask. And at some point you'll be able to see my face with lip sync and everything else. I mean, it's just right now we're doing what we can with the technology that's available, which is, you know, I can upload a video of myself asking you the first question. And then the next step will be, you'll get a follow-up question in my voice only, no, no face. So you'll be able to continue the conversation. You'll be able to respond to my, you know, AI follow-up question. Um, and then at some point that AI bot that will be asking you that follow-up question will have a face and no doubt it'll be my face because there are a lot of startups out there doing that exact thing, you know? Huh. I mean, this digital huh. twins trend, you know, metaverse, yeah. all of that's yeah. going to converge, you know, when you're chilling out in the metaverse and uh, conversing with bots, you know, some of those bots will be, you know, replicas of real people, you know, they'll have, uh, they'll have their own kind of brand. They'll be extending their personal brand and uh, multiplying it across the metaverse by, you know, essentially multiplying their, their ability to have conversations with different people. That's how I say it. And brands will have these, these identities or these avatars and individuals will as well. I mean, the, the same idea was floated around just voice assistants, people saying, you know, when voice assistants really are assistants, they'll be able to achieve, they'll be able to accomplish tasks for you. It won't just be transactional. You know, you, you ask, you, you ask for a request, like play me a song and it plays you a song, but you'll be able to leave, for example, a voice assistant on your desk. And if someone comes to your desk when you're there, that person will be able to ask the virtual version of you through the voice assistant to accomplish certain tasks. Like, you know, can you, can you send me the memo? And it'd be like, oh yeah, you know, that memo is ready. Here you go. I've just emailed it to you, for example. So it's extending the idea of just a, a voice interface to a true, a truly helpful AI that can accomplish certain tasks on your behalf. So that when the real you returns to your desk, you're like, oh, that was helpful. It's, you know, it's done that for me. I didn't have to do it, you know? Like a PA, but anyway. Huh, a virtual <laughs> avatar PA. Yeah, but someone who's doing things on huh. your behalf as you. I really huh. think that that's going to that's gonna manifest at some point. Have you thought of other applications for what you're doing other than just podcasting? Absolutely, and we're getting a lot of uh, feedback right now from uh, from the Sumolings, the AppSumo community. Hmm. Um, so quick plug, I guess you're familiar with, with AppSumo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. AppSumo is really cool, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And they got an incredibly engaged community. So we just launched uh, actually a week ago on, on AppSumo. The deal has been absolutely flying off the shelves. It's done way better than we thought it ever would do. Um, sold, you know, a, a lot of deals. It's lifetime deals for those who don't know. So on AppSumo, it's like massive reduction, like 95% reduction in price, single purchase, and you get the app for life. So it's really for new startups yeah. to sell their initial product, their MVP or MVP yeah. plus yeah, to yeah. early adopters. And those guys are not only buying the product, but they're giving ideas, um, holding us to account, um, submitting feedback requests, you know, like all these kinds of stuff, you know, like um, feature requests, sorry. And um, yeah, the use cases include um, client testimonial gathering, um, internal communications, you know, for companies. Um, we've had like politics, you know, <laughs> people looking for the candidates Cust- to speak customer, to them. Customer interviews. Customer interviews, yeah, startups, you know, like we're actually working with a, a company that's working with startup accelerators, you know, to help the startups pitch themselves, to present to investors. 
any form of remote interview where you would benefit from hearing the tone of the voice as well as just getting the the text content um, you can use Rumble Studio for. We lean towards the content production rather than the insights. So you've got tools like Video Ask and Survey Tools who really just focus on getting the data and presenting the data to you, what was contained within the the videos or the, the multiple choice questions. Rumble Studio focuses more on giving you the content itself for you to do with what you want. You know, if you want to create an audio FAQ and embed that on your site, that's Rumble Studio. Huh. 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 Wow. Yeah, I can think of like five things to use this for, just off the top of my head. <laughs> please, please don't keep it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't. I won't. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so well, you know, I'll just see. It. I'll just tell you because one of the things that I'm like, I have this thing on the side called the story funnel. The story funnel is all about how I tell better stories. Right. And, mm-hmm. and basically what we try to figure out is a brand story and we call it the brand story guide so that someone, when they're talking to people and pitching themselves, like they have a cohesive story, clear, concise, and compelling. So people know what they're doing. Mm. Part of the process to build that is there's a survey. Mm. And, you know, you send a survey out, you ask a bunch of questions, and then we kind of categorize it and try to come up with the narrative. Mm. And one of the things that I do at my day job, which is at Decision Council, is we we do a lot of branding and messaging positioning, and we interview a lot of customers like one, like we're doing now. Like we record an interview, we ask questions and stuff. Right. And, and because we have to, like, as as what I do, I need to really get the context and like really figure out like, okay, what are people saying? We also do a lot of customer interviews and, and really trying to like figure out. And part of the, part of the value of doing it live, I can ask follow-up questions. Absolutely. Can, yeah. You know, I can yeah. get the context and there's a little bit of rapport. Mm. That's a very labor intensive, time intensive. That's a high level of service, right? I mean, really high level of service. Yeah. And we're really good at it. And the reason why we're, we're a you know, boutique premium brand is because we're just really good at it. We've done it for a long time. But I could see a way to do that at a lower of level through mm-hmm. an interface, something like this, you know, where it's, God, it's so fascinating. Yeah, like UX research or like customer development or, at scale. Yeah, right. or um, yeah, like let's say you wanted to, there's another great example. There's this, this company called Winter, winter.com. Uh, Pep Laya runs it. Fantastic, all about messaging. And what you basically do is you have a, um, like a, what it does is you set it up and then you send it to a like a panel and the panel reviews your messaging. Like, hey, I like this. And then you literally type in, right? This is what I like. This is what I don't like. Uh, okay. And with the power of his platform, and he's just an A plus that. He's also the CEO of CXL, if you've ever heard of CXL. Like, uh, yeah, I think I have actually. Yeah, he nails, like, he is the guy. To, I, I, I interviewed him a while back, but like on LinkedIn, just fun fact, he's the guy to, to, <laughs> to look at all of this stuff, a messaging and positioning. He's just A, a plus at it. And Very interesting. So you could you could put the messaging and positioning into an interview, and then just send it out and get a load of feedback on it, basically from. A and people could people. just talk to it, like just say mm. as an example, "Hey, here's our website. What do you think?" And just talk. 
right? Because what I, uh, the reason why I bring this up is I am actually a panelist for them. Mm-hmm, so occasionally mm-hmm. I'll get an email. Hey, can you look at this? Because you know what I do. And I love giving feedback and like seeing what's going on. Like, it's just good for me. Yeah. Yeah. But just, no, ima- that. Yeah, but yeah. just imagine like if we, if you went, if I said, Hey, you know, um, Carl, uh, I want you to review my website. Here's the link hit record. I can mm-hmm. see you scroll through it and then you can talk and I can ask questions back and forth. And then now I've got this at scale. I don't have to do this. Now, of course, some of them, then you can follow up. Hey, what'd you mean? That's, that's, that's category killer. <laughs> like to say. I mean, honestly, that's really cool. That is taking it to the next level of interaction. Cause that's just power. Mm. Just, ah, that's such a, oh, man, this is really cool. I'm just going to geek out on this all week. I see the ideas are coming out. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, go down the rabbit hole. Well, and it's just hard. The thing is about scaling that it's, I have to just as an example, and it's the exact same thing with a podcast. We have to schedule time. We have to coordinate. It's in Mm. real time. It's not asynchronous. So if I don't, if I can't make it now, what am I going to do it? Right. I can't follow up. Um, It's, I can't, I, I can't interview 20 people in a week, right? That's just impossible because there's not mm. enough time in the day. But for this, actually, you could do this now, honestly. Yeah. You could do this now because you just send the questions and then you would be your mini podcast for your feedback. I mean, you could break it up into into videos. You could have them watch a video and then give their comment on the bit that you showed them. Depends what how much interaction you wanted them to have on the on the site itself. Um, I mean, one feature across we have was to record, you know, screen sharing to do live screen record as well, so they could record their voice at the same time as uh, as recording their screen, and you could step them through the different screens because often when you you ask someone to just use the product, they just go they take a a different route every time, right? If you had a way to to add structure to your research and get people to use the same screens in the same order while recording their thoughts with prompts, that could give you much more usable usable insights. Make it a lot easier for you to analyze the results. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what Winter does. Is that okay? Yeah. So if you look at Winter's site, they're like, "Hey, we're, you're going to ask five or six questions about this landing page," and mm-hmm. they'll box it. And then you'll ask the questions, you'll do some ranking. And they're the same questions. They're free form. You type it in. And there's some where you get multiple choice, like on a scale of one to five. How, but but they're the same questions. And you pick the pick the questions, you can move it around. But the mm. power of what they have is they have these panelists. So experts like me and you, they say, hey, this company's a SaaS company and they want to sell blah. Can you take a look and see what you think of their messaging? Mm. And, you know, it takes, I don't know, 15 minutes or something, you know, it's, it's not very long, but there's not a lot of interact. There's none of this back and forth. Like there's not the thing that, that what I do when I interview a a client or interview Mm -hmm. a customer Mm -hmm. of a client, like I can interact, I can take them down a path that that'll never go away for a lot of like, just can't like for like, you have to do that. But I could see second tier, third level background data where you're like, okay, we're going to talk to the 10 most important stakeholders as an example, just let's just, you know, spitballing. 
But you know what? I, I want to actually get 50 more across an organization that's like two or three levels down mm. where you're just filling in your hypothesis, right? It's, yeah. It's funny you should say that because I had I spoke to an agency for account-based marketing who yes. pitched exactly the same thing. Yes. He said for the top, top clients, he'll always speak to them one-to-one. Yes. But for the second and third tier, you can template the interviews, yes. sales type interviews, yes. and then just send it out for, you know, create one interview per segment. Yes. really scale scale that first contact and yeah. you're offering to bring them onto a podcast at the same time you know so there's something in it for them well yeah i mean that's what i mean that that's why i think it's from a if you're a so if you're listening and you're a b2b company wanting to use podcasts as a way to generate leads your lead gen mm. type thing this this is the scalable way to do it yeah and yeah, i also absolutely. think i also think from a yeah, there's a lot here. There's a there's a ton here, man. I I we could go on for hours. <laughs> but I know you gotta it's late where you are and we gotta jump to other things. But Carl, man, gosh, this is so cool. Rumble.studio, what a great idea. So glad we could connect. Looking for forward sure. to see how it evolves. And yeah, how cool, man. This is you're definitely on to something. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think so too. And the, the response we've had so far from this uh, this AppSumo launch really confirms that as well. Before you know, before you get the the community feedback, you're like, "Am I crazy?" Like, I think it's going to work, but you can see the doubt. <laughs> but once you get enough people, you know, leaving your reviews and saying, oh, "I need this. This is going to change the way I podcast. It's going to allow me to start podcasting. Um, it's allowed me to go back to that podcast that died, and then the hundred and one other use cases that they've been talking about. You've just mentioned another one. Uh, yeah. It, it gives you confidence. So I'm quietly confident, but also on a podcast talking about it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and you're also British. You're a bit, little more reserved. Not like us Yahoo Americans are excited about everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> we compliment each other. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thanks again and stay safe. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Take care. Thanks, Carl, for being on the show. I am looking forward to actually using Rumble Studio uh, for uh, doing some bonus episodes for my show. It's a really super cool idea. Now, as promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from my awesome interview with Carl. Carl's advice to entrepreneurs is to always be curious and always be learning. His own curiosity and drive to learn helped him connect with people in the industry through his podcast ultimately helping him see opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you got to be, <laughs> yeah, curiosity, I think, is one part. I think obsession <laughs> about things is another. Um, but I think one of the things that's always served me well is, yeah, just being interested in things and different things, eclectic things. How do things fit together? That's what you got to ask yourself. How can all of these technologies pull together into something? How can they blow things apart? What is something adjacent that may or may not have this ability or pull an ability from an adjacent market or what have you? So, yeah, it is really interesting um, how this really does apply to a lot of creativity as well, but especially for entrepreneurs. Carl also stresses the importance of being able to see into the future and not just paying attention to the now. The key is finding that innovative idea and then having the guts to follow through with it. Yeah, we've uh, we've talked about being the first to believe. Uh, a lot of times people just think your idea is dumb, stupid, never going to work. Well, yeah, maybe they're right. But you have to believe that your idea may, ha may be something. And again, then you also have to be realistic. Well, 
will this really pan out? How long do I sit here and bait my head against the wall in order to figure that out? So it's important to have the passion for the idea. It's important to, you know, believe, but also be pragmatic. So, you know, again, that's going to be a personal thing, totally up to to you and what you want to do. Thinking of starting your own podcast? I offer the advice I was given, which Carl thinks is good advice. So it must be good advice, right? Do at least five interviews before publishing your first episode and developing your podcast, right? Be consistent by doing one interview or releasing one episode a week for an entire year. And don't worry about the numbers, okay? This was advice I got from Kevin Jones, CEO of Blue Wire. I'm on the Blue Wire Network. I'm now at 204 episodes. Um, and it was really very wise because the the trick to any kind of creativity, the trick to writing and just creating is consistency. So if you cannot commit to doing an episode a week for a year or conversely, if you're trying to learn how to write, if you're trying to do blog posts, if you can't commit to doing a blog post a week for a year, it's not going to be a habit. I mean, I know that sounds like a long time and it is. And it's dedication and it's craft. You're, you're coning the craft, right? It's hard. This is not easy. So make sure you ask yourself, am I committed? Am I committed to doing this creative endeavor, podcasts, videos, writing or whatever, consistently publish something every week for a year? After that, then you can give up <laughs> if you don't like it. But that's what it takes to be consistent. So there you have it. Those are the actionable insights I learned from my interview with Carl. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.